Hey everybody, welcome to Brood. This is the podcast where myself and some friends meet for beer or coffee and we discuss personal issues, pop culture, sports, maybe philosophy, whatever it happens to be. It's season two of my podcast. The first year of this show was all about alternative music, uh, but the alternative music doesn't uh, work in most of the podcast formats. I share more about that in this episode. This episode is taking place in Worcester, Massachusetts at the Birch Tree Bread Company, one of my favorite spots to go get a coffee or in this case, iced tea and a little bit something to eat. So you hear that. I'm with my friend Marty Holman, who is a pastor here in the area at Next Level Church. And we get together often, so he could be a regular guest. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode and send some feedback. We'd love to hear more. Okay, well, we're here at Birch Tree. This is Jason, and Marty's here with me, and yeah. I'm, I'm having a brewed iced tea. Looks good. The name of the show used to be all hit music, but, uh, but I changed it because the music was never actually on the podcast, and it turns out that's where more people actually listen, and so you can't really rely on... A music podcast where there's no music. Right, you, can, you have to go to Anchor at that point. You can only hear the music on Anchor and you know, and, and the samples were there if you didn't have subscription, but um, the full music was only if you happen to link your Anchor app to a music service. Yeah. And then the music would play. Anyway, it wasn't working. So now uh, it's a different podcast and I just have uh, something that's brewed, coffee or tea in this case. Yeah. A beer would be great too. The last podcast was, was definitely beer infused, um, but you'll have to go back to listen to that one. So anyway. Um, now I'd be interested to find out if there is a difference in the quality of the podcast, whether or not there's beer mm-hmm. or whether or not there's tea well it's kind of like uh, my rule for drinking beer while golfing okay the first beer um, it, it doesn't have too much impact the okay. second beer is ideal the third beer starts to turn things in the other direction where conversation becomes less focused, more manic, or I happen to slice off the tea more often, you know. Um, so, but but then I don't care as much either. It's true. So you're kind of free to just do what you need to do. Yeah, good. Whether it's golf or talk. Caffeine uh, can cause me to get a little bit too manic as well, so it's probably similar on the coffee side of things that the first coffee or the first 12 ounces of caffeinated drinks 
are good. This, the second 12 ounces probably get me into a good zone. If I were to go over that, I don't even know what would happen, but it would not be good. So if I committed some sort of a brood sin by just grabbing the birch tree water? I wasn't even going to tell people that, but um, yeah, uh, not really, because the other part of it is just conversations anyway. Yeah. So that's that. So today I was going to tell you the story about my car situation, or really my wife's car situation. Yeah, it seems like a mess. Well, I mean, we've had this uh, car that that is a requirement of my wife, which is that it has uh, the middle seats, the second row are bucket seats, so that you can easily reach the third row seats where the kids might go or where the dog might go, that kind of thing. So there's very few cars that meet that criteria. And we found one several years ago, the GMC Acadia. We have a 2010. And it's given us some trouble over the years. It's had a few flaky things. One of them is that I couldn't, I could no longer roll down the windows in the passenger seat from the driver's side. So anytime I wanted to roll that window down, I was like reaching across the car to roll that down to press the button for it to go down, not really roll it down, to execute the down action of the, of the window. That's fine, I can live with that. And then once in a while the radio would, you wouldn't be able to hear the radio. Um, and a few other things were, had, you know, issues like that were going wrong with it. Well, I went away for work a couple weeks ago and she calls me that it's making an insane noise. Um, her words or yours? Her words. Okay. Uh, it's an insane, unbearable noise in the car. She wasn't sure if we'd ever be able to use it again. Um, and the only reason why we were able to use it again is because the amp probably exploded. <laughs> or something along those lines. But the amp to the, to the stereo system died. So the insane noise was not a car problem, it was... It's probably some sort of electrical shorting of some sort. I don't know what. But it wasn't a radio problem? Uh, no, the radio actually works. So as weird. best as we can tell. But what's interesting is on a modern car, um, your blinkers don't actually make blinking sounds. They come from your car's speakers. Really? Yes. Okay. You don't think much about it. You no. just hear the blinking sounds because especially all of us who grew up with actual blinking tick, tick, tick sounds of the blinker so that you know it's blinking. Well, that, uh, that is a fabrication in the modern world to uh, give us audio cues that are helpful and that we're used to. So right now in that car, you can't hear the blinks and there's all kinds of other issues related to it that uh, are disappointing, like Bluetooth uh, for the phone. So now you have to hold up your phone to your head while you're driving, which is not safe and illegal in certain states, like Massachusetts. For instance. Anyway, um, you know, so do I fix the amp? I was thinking maybe yes. Do, then one, then the other back, win, the back window stopped working from the driver's side, and then the tailgate stopped working, so it wasn't lifting up, it wasn't staying up. This is while I'm on vacation, constantly pulling 
beach chairs in and out of the back of the car yeah. kept hitting me in the head and I was like you know insulted by this door <laughs> so I said that's it then that's what what it was like it was like I was feeling like the car was attacking me so it was and all I, these electronic problems yeah the engine's still working okay but I said that's it we're getting rid of it and so I went on a four day odyssey of finding a replacement vehicle um beginning on Saturday, the same day we got back from our vacation. We tested out four or five cars. And I was reminded about all of the joys of uh, car dealerships. <laughs> anyway, you mentioned to me you, had, you might have more questions about the, about the car. Yeah, the I mean, so you didn't have... A, these were all electronic problems. I thought... That, like when you told me the problems you were gonna have, I was like, oh man, transmission, engine, right? All these are electronic. Yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't fix them. <laughs> Did you get any type type of estimate? No. You were just so mad that you felt the car was somehow. Uh, retaliating you or, or f- like fighting for your fighting you that yeah. you're like screw this thing we're getting a new car I felt like I was I felt like the car was trying to tell me this is it we're done like I felt like the car was the one breaking up with me and I just was <laughs> like okay fine <laughs> did you think maybe in any way that the car might be saying I need some love it could be but I also, um, I also just, at 142,000 miles, just started to think to myself, yeah. I don't know if it's worth it to put the money into that car or simply restart the clock with um, a slightly newer car. So this is, you want to say what kind of car this is? Yeah, this is the uh, GMC Acadia 2010 that we had. How has it been for the previous several years? Um, well, last year I spent in a lot of money on fixing the AC compressor. The year before that, I spent a lot of money on fixing a... Um, I can't remember the exact terms, but it was very much engine-related. And they had to rebuild parts of the engine. This So... You know, actually, that might have been two or three years ago when we did that. So, yeah, I've had to spend money on it before, and I was going to have to buy new tires. I was going to need to redo brakes. There's yeah. a whole bunch of things that were starting yeah, to pile up. You're almost at 150. Yeah. All right. So you, in the process, did, so you decided to look for a new car. Did you right. find one? I mean... Yeah. We... I, my wife reminded me of the criteria that it has to have the, the bucket seats. Still? I mean, your kids are older. Yeah, but we still pick up the cousins. I still pick up the, uh, the, the kids' friends. You know, and I also will use it for when I'm coaching sports. 
that's the vehicle I use because I need the more space for the equipment. So you're putting in the bag of bats and helmets and soccer balls or whatever we're doing. Yeah. So I um, I I like to have that as well. I don't disagree with that criteria. Um, and then also she really wants a sunroof. It was non-negotiable apparently. So. <laughs> Does she? Do you disagree with that criteria? I like it. Yeah. Meatball. Meatballs over there. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ah, it's dinner. Maybe we should uh, pause where we at and eat, and then we can come back to this. Sounds good. I just have to find the button. I'm gonna have to get my fork. Ah, there you go. All right, so we're back, and I just described my probably non-rational reason for wanting to get rid of the old car, and now it's about trying to replace it. And, you know, I think some people enjoy the car buying experience. I can relate to the challenge of trying to find something and trying to find a good deal, trying not to be mentally outdueled by other people. Um, when but you it, say that, what do you mean? By, by other salesmen? Right. The people there? When you walk into a dealership, you're presented with multiple layers of decision making. Yeah. That are designed to, you know, to keep you away from the details of the purchase you're interested in making. Right? I mean, you... They want you to make a decision on, on an emotional level. There's like, that. I mean, certainly they'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but they also want you to make a decision based upon a monthly number where it's easier to hide prices of things that you may or may not want to pay for yeah. or realize you're paying for. Um, and that's, that's just sort of like the way business is done. You try to build things into a monthly number that, you know, fund, fund the uh, big new building at the dealership. Yeah. So, okay, you, you've decided the car's done, the, the GNC's done, and then you and Aaron sit down, you have a conversation, we need a new car. Yeah, she it, gives you her criteria. Yep. And then what happens? Well, we go out and we test drive. We did two test drives as a family uh, because I wanted the boys to kind of be a part of that too. Thought that would be interesting for them and good for them to see how we go through that. And we test drove a Toyota Highlander. Okay. Which uh, meets the criteria and a Chevy Traverse which is almost exactly the same as the, G the GMC Acadia. Are they the same company? Yes. Okay. It's just a different make. Okay. It's the same, I think they come off the same manufacturing floor. In Detroit? Or wherever it happens to wherever, be, okay. yeah. And <clears throat> so we tried out the Highlander and 
um, it wasn't quite as big. So if you had the third row up, there was not as enough trunk space. Okay. And that was that was a problem. I ended up losing in the battle from my my family's decision making process, which is mostly from my wife. We can admit that she has she has the final say. Does she listen to Brood? She might, okay. and she knows it's true, and it's done. It's said in love. It's said, it's said in love. love that she she makes this last decision on what it's going to be. I'm, my job is to find the options and present them to her for that decision. She's driving it around, right? It's so. primarily her car. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I want her to be happy. And I don't want her to drive in a car with electrical problems that are happening on a regular basis. Anyway, so. Um, we ended up deciding on the Traverse. We checked out a new one, a 2018 model, and I would get into these discussions with the salespeople about how much it would be, and we would start with the advertised price, of course, and that's a mistake because it's almost always double what, by the time you put in the things that you know you actually want, in this case, it's a sunroof, and I know that's not necessary, but there has to be a sunroof, or the car will not be purchased. And um, what about if I could just yeah, yeah. stay in the same wavelength here, but slightly off track? What about like uh, Bluetooth? Like obviously, obviously there's that, but like in terms yeah. of the connection with your car, right? Does she have any care about that? Do you have any? That's my your phone. Yeah, my job is to make sure that she doesn't have to pick up her phone to talk to people. Yeah. Of course, now it's not a problem. Any car in the last 10 years has a Bluetooth connection in it. Yeah. So it's not like it used to be. It used to be where I would only search for cars that had Bluetooth in them. Right. For, for a phone. And, but I also look for safety features, you know, where we can get them. Um, and, and this actually brought us to the point where I could buy a new car spend a lot more money, or even just lease the new car, spend a lot more money, or buy one that's a few years old, yeah. like we've done in the past, but it has a lot a lot of features, because yeah. somebody else paid the extra money, you know, four years ago to get all of the extra features that I can't afford on a new car, I'd let somebody else do that. Right. So we ended up finding a 2015 Chevy Traverse. And it has like every bell and whistle that I ever could think of. Well, except for a couple on the brand new one, but otherwise, it's fantastic. And um, I, I, the only thing was in this case, I knew I wanted it, so I lost all of the negotiating um, hands that I might have had in the previous discussions, where I'm, I wasn't convinced that I wanted the new ones. Yeah. And I just was able to walk away from the from the dealer and be like, ah, oh, sorry, the deal doesn't work for us, no offense, but I can't do it for what you're asking. You couldn't pull the actor Jason DeStratus and say and say those things even though you didn't mean it inside? Yeah, so I struggled because the one that I wanted, when I realized this was the one, I wasn't as ruthless. Gotcha. I was sort of like going the half, 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 you yeah. know, type negotiation, and then I was like, all right, fine. I want this one. I don't want. And the problem was, so after four days of doing all these negotiating at different dealers and trying to find the right one, they wore me out in aggregate. No one single dealer wore me out. I have enough fortitude to deal with that. 
But by the time I get to the fourth or fifth dealer, yeah, I was like, this is miserable. Please just end this. I'll give you the extra $500, whatever. <laughs> like, just end it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So that's where I got to yesterday. And I think that's kind of what I was trying to observe in myself in this process was, am I... Um, only am I am I easily um, uh, worked over by this process of having the dealer with the salesman and then the manager in the back room and the finance person in the back room pulling all the strings and I know that I'm like in this weird negotiation where I don't actually get to talk to the people who are making the decisions right and how um, how do I put my how do I observe myself as I go through that so that I can try to be objective and clear-headed and don't turn into a jerk because I could see other people getting frustrated around me. You other yesterday people, you could yeah yeah other people who were shoppers of vehicles I think feel this pressure. Okay. You know you walk into a dealership and. You know they're out to squeeze every dollar out of you, and you feel that pressure, even when they say there's no pressure, because they have to go back and forth to the manager, and they come back, and they're like, "Well, this isn't going to work, or this is going to work." Did you have a bottom line? No. See, that's the thing. Like, to me, it depends on is this car a good value. I do right. have a certain amount that I can spend, and how much I want to spend. Yeah. And, and I try to stay closer to how much I want to spend than how much I can spend. Um, but, you know, I expected I would come up a little bit for something that's, you know, an upgrade. Yeah. But, I don't know, that to me is not that interesting. It's way more interesting just trying to observe, like, how people react to um, the dealer-like circus. That you gotta go through. Have, yeah. you, have you gone through a purchase at a dealership? Yeah, I mean, we, I, I tend to gravitate towards cars, used cars, three or four years old. Right. Right. Um, and tend to know what I want. Uh, I think the last car we bought was in 2011. Wow. Uh, we bought a 2009, yep. which was actually much. We were looking at a car four years old, so a 2007 right. at that time. Right. And the dealer actually had a car that was better value. Yep. That right. was that it was clear as day, and I actually had to talk my wife into it. Right. And it was hers at the time. Right. Um, but I think you you spoke to it when you said you know cool you know. Watching people. If you can stay cool and calm and at any point say, I'm out of here. Right. You're good. Right. It's all it's all good because it's, it's not an emotional right. thing. It's right. a, you know, I could go anywhere and get a better deal than this crap or not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I was trying to coach myself through um, in those places. I had to really say as I'm walking in like okay be observant of everything that's around you but of yourself don't lose track of the fact that you're just buying a car 
Yeah. It's just that you have to do that more in a dealership than you would if you're going to the grocery store, right? You know, I mean, it's a big difference. You're buying things, but it's just a big difference. Yeah. I, uh, the last place we went to was a Ford place in Auburn. I wish I could remember it because I'd give them a shout out. They were fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, but I've been to one or two places that were also horrific. Yeah. Got to find out who's, who's good people or not. Right. All right. Well, I go pick up the car on Friday and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs>